That's right. We are back with another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry. Guys, we've been locked up in quarantine for so long. We hope everybody stayed healthy and safe. But, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about when when things first were going down in March. But now, obviously, there's plenty to talk about in the world of college football and in recruiting. So, Mike, I'll start with you and, and let you go on about what you want to talk about. Well, you know, I try to avoid the news. And I think I watched <clears throat> I watched ESPN today for the first time and in a very long time because there's really nothing that they could talk about over the last many months, um, you know. But I saw the college football section and Feinbaum on there, and it's just depressing, you know, because every time I I read somebody, you know, it seems to be d- doom and gloom. You know, the season's not going to happen. You know, now we've got the Pac-12 you know, players uh, uniting, saying they're not going to play unless they get, you know, compensation. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, every, every day I have hope. You know, last week was a hopeful week because they had the schedule come out for the ACC. Uh, and the, the SEC mentioned their schedule, Pac-12. You get this, you know, where things just become so negative that, there's going to be so many players opting out, and uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just in a in a blue mood today because of it. So I'm hoping college football happens, but you know, between the the players and the administration, and you know, the safety concerns, I just I don't know how it's going to come off. You seem very down, right? very down. Yeah, because I just watched ESPN. And it yeah, annoys yeah. me, and Feinbaum annoys me. You know, oh, yeah. listen, I think he does a fine job. You know, but all these negative Nancys out there who seem to be rooting for, you know, they're rooting for college football to be canceled, even though it's their job and it's what they're supposed to love. Um, you know, I, I guess it's their job to report negativity because that's what everything is. And just no different with the news and politics and all that stuff that I avoid as well. Um, I just don't want to hear reality, I guess. But. I get angry because I'm like the old man. I'm, you know, telling you to get off the grass. You know, the players want safety, and I understand that. Um, and they want money, you know, because the machine is making millions, and they're not getting compensated. But everybody just sort of piles on and agrees with them. Oh my gosh, yes, they should sit out. They should, you know, give up the sport they love for a year. And, make a statement and all this other stuff, but I, I just don't know. I mean, I, 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 do, I look at it for both sides. If, if they don't have scholarships and they don't get free room and board and they don't get meals and they don't get training facilities and they don't get coaching and they don't get all this stuff that they get for free um, and they want to get paid as if it's a job, I think they want a job with really, really good benefits, <laughs> you know, because the football buildings are going to go away. You start paying players, you know, exorbitant amounts of money. Um, you know, so all those great football facilities that they love aren't going to be so great anymore. And I, listen, I get it. They want money uh, and they want equality and they want, there's a lot of things that they want that, that probably should have occurred a long time ago. And this COVID pandemic is, is sort of bringing everything to a head now. It's like, 
I was willing to risk my safety before, but now, you know, you're asking me to risk my safety when students aren't even on campus. And so I get both sides of it. I think I'm, I'm bummed because it, there's, I don't see a solution. Well, let me, let me go on a little stream of consciousness rant here. And I think that's kind of where everybody is in the country. They just, <laughs> there's frustration and anger and confusion and, and, and everything here. But I, I want to first say, I think college athletes are far better served on campus than not on campus, which a lot in the media don't seem to believe that. Um, there's world-class medical facilities and doctors looking them over every single day and testing them. And the coaches that I've talked to and some of that for the name, image, and likeness series, we kind of talked about this a little bit and they said they want them all on campus because then you get a baseline understanding of who's sick who's not sick who's had it who hasn't had it what to do when there is sickness and when what to do when there isn't and how groups and, and they they're learning from this and if you don't do that if you just keep them home and if you if your quarterback is in jacksonville and your running back is in charlotte and a lot of these people live with many other people in their households um, who have to go to work and go to school and just go outside or don't wear a mask or don't believe in wearing masks or whatever they want to do, that that's the real risk there. Of that, That's when you're putting the athletes at risk. Is When they're together, they can be isolated, they can be monitored, they can be tested, and then immediately treated. Second of all, the hospitalizations and deaths for athletes is, you know, very low, if not zero. And so I think that, you know, there's a little bit of a, a concern here that if you get this, and, and rightfully so, I mean, we've seen it over the last five months. If you get this, you're at risk of dying, um, serious risk of dying, which is not true. If you look at any of the models of cases going up, sure, as people go outside for not interacting with people for three months, but deaths are down. Um, deaths are slightly ticked up over the last month, but over the last week, they're down. And in their age range, 18 to 22, they're almost zero. In their age range, 18 to 22, of elite world-class athletes, it is zero um, percent. It's, a, it's in the zero percentile. So there's almost this idea of if there are cases, then we should just shut it all down. Um, and that's concerning from not only playing college football standpoint, but getting college people back on campuses and interacting with each other. Um, we, we all know in three weeks, kids are going to be back on college campuses. And we all know the second we read a newspaper or look on television, the first story is going to be spike at this university or spike at that university. It's just inevitable that happens. Now, do we shut down the world until there's a vaccine? Who knows if that's two weeks or two years from now? Um, or do we go on listening to medical professionals and trying to have a semblance of a season for numerous reasons? Um, if you don't have college football, budgets get slashed like crazy. People don't only lose jobs. Other sports aren't possible anymore. You've already seen some schools cut uh, programs. Now, I, I don't think it's fair when a player at Washington State says he's a lab rat for the NCAA. I think that's ridiculous. Um, he's the opposite of a lab rat. He's being protected better than anybody 
basically in the world. I mean, he is an incredibly safe environment surrounded by people that monitor him 24 hours a day. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the best environment you can be in. So as I wrap this up and probably didn't make any sense, I think college football needs to go on. If, if I think we also need to change our mindset that a case of COVID means a death sentence for COVID. And that's easier said than done for me since um, I'm not putting myself at risk here, but um, I, I have, I hold no grudges against people that decide to sit out for the year if they so choose. But I honestly think getting outside, getting tremendous amounts of exercise, being in peak physical condition um, and being surrounded by world-class medical professionals is probably the safest situation that any person on this planet could hope for. Yeah, we're just not woke. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, listen, I'm selfish. There's 100% selfishness here. I have a job. I want to do my job. I love my job. And my job relies upon college football occurring. Um, you know, recruiting's going to go on, but, you know, it's been the tamed without visits and things like that. And I don't want people to risk their lives, um, you know, for my in- entertainment, you know. But do you think people are risking their lives if they choose to play football? N- no, but I, I get the other part of it where they don't know the long term effects of this. So, sure. You know, you get COVID. You're young, healthy, you beat it in two weeks. Sometimes you don't even have symptoms of it. Who knows, in five, seven years, you could have some crazy heart problem. Right. I just don't know. Right. You know, so, but there's so many unknowns in the world. I mean, you don't know if the next play you, you, you the next snap, you're going to, you know, be injured. And your knee is going to crumble and you'll never play football again. I mean, there's risks, inherent risks. This is just additional inherent risk. And right. You know, from their perspective, okay, so students at USC aren't going back. They're online. But yet they want the football players to. And I, and I get your point where the football players are going to be obviously together and tested more so than the general public. And I just don't – I guess the frustration is I don't have the right answer. I, I don't. Yeah, And I think there's situations and, and everyone, especially in today's social media world, loves to say that there is an answer to this. And there might just not be an answer to this. If you don't play, there are there are there are safety things that come into play, which are good. But there are budgetary things that in the real world will be negatively impacted by this. Yeah. Um, just like in just like in the real world. Shutting down society for five months has saved lives, but it's also put wildly huge amounts of millions of people out of jobs. And so there are other health ramifications for those sorts of things. And so, um, you know, if you do play, there are those inherent risks plus this on top of it. And the perception that things might get out of control, I think. MLB is kind of dealing with that right now. I mean, you know, 18 players on the Marlins or staff have COVID. We'll see in two weeks if any of them have been negatively affected by more than just getting the disease. Um, you know, the Phillies had a few, but two were negative, false positives. 
Um, I think as you know, there was a thread over the weekend that if players, you know, weren't controlled better, then they could shut down the season again. I think that's probably where we're headed for a college football season is that there's an attempt made to play and then we'll see how they get through each week because, you know, these kids are on campus, but they're also in the town. They also have to go grocery shopping and just be people. They just can't sit in their apartments and dorms 24 hours a day, nor will they. That We, we know what we were as 18 to 22 year olds. And so professional athletes are having a hard time dealing with this. I think kids are too. So it's going to be certainly a choppy fall if we could even start in a college football season. Yeah. And I think we can justify the fact that major league baseball players and NBA players and NFL players are compensated employees. Right. You know, right. And, and the second something happens like with the Marlins, for an amateur football team, they're going to shut everything down. It's just, you know, and, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a mess. Um, and I think, uh, and I think to that point, Mike, which is, which is kind of what the PAC 12 players were talking about is that the major league baseball players and the NFL players and the NBA players in the bubble are, are at least have an added layer of protection through a union where the college football players don't, um, you basically have to trust what the coaching staff and the administration at the school is telling you. There's no one really in a position to sort of go into any sort of negotiation with those people about what is going on, how it's being handled, third-party doctors coming in, all of those kinds of things. And no matter how you feel pro or anti-union or somewhere in the middle, it would be helpful if there was some sort of body for the athletes that weren't that wasn't involved with each university that didn't have a say, and I'm not saying universities are going to put people on the field um, just to play football games and not worry about their health, but at least having extra layers of that security would be helpful. And I think that's part of what the Pac-12 players were saying. A lot of their demands were a, a little stretched, I would say, in terms of the reality of that happening. But I think COVID testing and having some sort of third party involved here would certainly be helpful. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. And, and I think some players uh, have their own opinions. I think some players are being influenced, you know, by people who have their agenda and their opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's be honest, you know, they don't have agents yet, but they have player representatives or family right. representatives. I mean, there are guys tied to the top players that are advising them do not play. What are you crazy? Right. You know? And so when you see a guy like Panay Sewell who comes out and is the biggest name in the Pac-12 and tweets out the Pac-12 unity statement, but then someone else tweets that nobody does a better job of keeping us safe than Mario Cristobal. And he quote tweets that with explanation points, agreeing with it. I'm, I'm confused. Right. Like, do, right. So, so do the, the other teams with the Pac-10 suck at taking care of their players, but Oregon does a great job. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get it, you know? So, and it's, and it's easy for a guy to say, if I'm a guaranteed top five pick, Hey, I'm out. 
you know? Well, yeah, I mean, what would, I guess two points. Would any NFL team seriously question Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields for one second if they said, I'm not playing college football this year? There's absolutely no reason for me to do it. No. NFL teams, I, I, would, I, I could argue that NFL teams would encourage them not to play. There's absolutely no reason for them to play. Panay Sol does not need to play college football. No. Oh, yeah. so, so that's one of the things. But when we talk about the Pac-12 Unity letter, and I want to say up front, I think it's a good first step in further negotiations between players and the NCAA about, you know, equity in terms of money. But when they want six-year scholarships guaranteed plus half the revenue that comes in to the NCAA, what you're saying is I'm guaranteed a whole lot of money for six years for doing absolutely nothing. And if you want to be treated like an employee, well, employers can fire you whenever they like unless you sign long-term contracts. And no one is going to give you half of the money that comes into any company. I don't care who you work for, especially if there aren't you know, guidelines met or expectations met in any level of contract. So if I, yeah. want, if I want to be an 18-year-old kid and go to a school and say, hey, I'm making a ton of money here until I'm 24 and I'll figure it out as I get my education, those kinds of things <laughs> are going to be very, very hard to swallow. I saw one of your senators, Tim Murphy, I'm sure you're very proud of him. Mm-hmm. He tweeted out that Larry Scott at the Pac-12 makes $4.5 million a year. And if he went down to $450,000 a year, oh, that sure. every NCAA player could get $5,000. Well, well, I, well I, I just don't understand that level of argument. If Jeff Bezos went from uh, $13 billion a year to $130,000 a year, every American could have $10 million. So, I mean, what's the argument there? So, if I think that NCAA athletes have definitely gotten a bigger voice in the conversation, which is good. But your level of what you want or you're sitting out better be seriously be able to be discussed on, on a level. And if you want to be an employee, then you better, you better understand what that means before you get into that sort of, uh, into those sort of discussions. Well, Murphy can give up his salary to take care of a few of the people who lost their jobs in Connecticut. That's also so, a good point, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he should do that. You know, maybe everybody should just shut up about all, all right. of it, you know. Um, yep. The leadership here is what worries me. I mean, you know, I, I've been in negotiations at Rivals with some companies, you know, and you know some of these stories mm-hmm. where they want to partner with us, right? And we can go into these calls and... They've got their PowerPoint presentations of what they bring to the table, and yada, 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 and how they can help rivals, and rivals can help them. And, and then, you know, you go through all this crap, and you hear it, and then you get to either, you know, maybe day two, maybe day three, or maybe the end of the presentation, and you get the ask. And the ask is, we want, you know, $1.5 million over three years from rivals. Right. What? You know, it's like, what? <laughs> so it makes me think that the people you're dealing with are just not smart people or have an assumption that there's this endless flow of cash that keeps being dumped 
right. upon rivals from Yahoo at the time or Verizon now that we just have endless amounts of money and we'll just throw it out there and and it's a get rich quick scheme. So the 50% number is just unbelievable to me as even a jumping off point. It's almost like, and, and I will tell you that the, the multiple negotiations that I went through with these type of companies all ended immediately. There was no counter proposal. Right. It was, you're nuts. We're out. Don't ever talk to us again. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how it works. Now, you can't say that with the players because without the players, you don't have college football. I do know I talked to a, a, a head coach off the record uh, of a Power 5 program who said, there are a whole lot, a whole lot of group of five players that would kill to play at the Power 5 level without compensation. Right. Yeah. So that's also be careful what you wish for because, well, it's just a challenging thing because they, they, they're also asking for six-year guaranteed scholarships. And I can yeah. understand why one-year rolling scholarships are sort of a scary thing. But there are millions of people in this world who, who work off of one-year contracts. Yep. They get along just fine. Well, and most, you, most people don't even have contracts. Most people right. are, you know, two weeks notice. Right. Severance package. And, you know, so, Yeah. Great. Six year guaranteed scholarship. Okay. And we got to pay you too. But here's the caveat. If you suck, we're going to fire you. Right. Do we get to fire you? Can we no, fire no, no, you? No, no, for... no. We do get to fire you because you right. can't have both ways. And, and that's the, 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 the youth of the world. They think they can have everything. Yeah. We want this. We want that. We want this. We want that. We want this. We want that. Okay. Well, then you're an employee and we're the business owner. So if you go out and you give up a 70-yard touchdown to lose us the game, I could fire you the next day. Wait, what? No? No, 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 no. Yeah, or I miss the game-winning field goal. You know, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, all yeah, those yeah, kinds yeah. of things. Wait, you're going to hold me accountable to my performance? No, I want the money. I want the guarantee. And I'll just do the best I can. Right. And that's not how the world works. Right. But back to my frustration about there being no solution. You can't say, screw the players. They don't deserve anything. You know, they get their scholarship. They get their, their, their stipend and they get their room and board and facilities and books and training and all that stuff. Forget that. You know, college football has become too much of a big money business to just say that and be on the right side of the argument. Right. But you can't also say, go players. You deserve more than 50%. You know, because without the institutions, there is no college football. And, and, then and there's also an do? argument to be had that these they're adults when they're 18, they sign a letter of intent or they have it signed from a parent with the understanding of these are the rules going in. And so if you don't like those rules, don't join up. And so... I, I completely understand the argument that, you know, change from the inside is, is valuable and, th and that should definitely happen. And that is, at least this is starting the conversation toward that. But we also have to be careful about what we're asking for, um, what the expectation is of a university here. I mean, we're talking about healthcare for years after they're gone from campus. Mm. 
um, which is, it just sounds rife with legal issues that are going to come up. Um, you know, if I, if I'm a failure in college football and then I break my arm, I could say that it was because of a arm injury I had while I was at my school. And now you have to pay for this. You know, I mean, there are just so many issues. And when I was doing that, when we were doing that name image likeness series, I, I was just thinking about, okay, Trevor Lawrence is going to do a McDonald's ad or something. Well, when is he going to do this? It's not exactly like these athletes have all the time in the world to begin with. They have class, then they have film, then they have weightlifting, then they have practice. Is this going to be a situation where Trevor Lawrence says, well, for $20,000, I'm going to do my McDonald's ad and I'm not showing up for film today and Dabo's just going to have to deal with it. Um, and that's another part of this where the players said that they want more for name image likeness, but they almost want like the conference to be getting those deals for them, which is exactly the opposite of what's going to happen. They're going to have to get them themselves. So I think, and as you said, I, I tend to agree with you. It's almost like we know we're getting screwed over a little bit here. So we want everything and to hell with how it makes sense or how it would even be possible to do and that's our stance. And if not, we're not going to play. Um, that's just a tough bargaining position. Well, and the problem is, you know, social media and the, the immediate jump to reaction without anybody reading anything or, or finding out if anything's true or not, you know? Right. Like, like they see this unity thing, they see 50%. Yeah, the player should get it, you know, without looking at any sort of budget school or what that would do to this that and the other or how it would destroy all other sports and right you know which are funded by uh you know college football and all the other stuff but people just jump on board to any cause whatsoever and and you know you, you could hear i mean i you probably couldn't hear it but our phone's dinging right now because we're in a group text and <clears throat> you know this is just starting yeah, Gary pa Gary Patterson accusations at, at TCU just just started, right? But I I went on Twitter, and Gary Patterson has been accused by a former player of using a racial slur. And every tweet I saw that had Gary Patterson's name in it said <clears throat> he should never coach again and he should be fired. Yep, fire him. Right before anybody knows any. Thing, whether this is true, not true, whatever, doesn't matter. It came out, a player said it. So anybody could come out and say uh, anybody is a racist. And this jump on board mentality is there to, you know, just push that along, whether it's true or not. And it's the same with, <clears throat> with other agendas. So nobody sort of waits and sees. Like, I don't know. Gary Patterson said that, and I have no idea what happened. Right. You know, I know, and now another player is coming out and saying that the kid who accused him is wrong, and that's not what happened, and this is what happened. And, you know, but again, if Twitter or Facebook were in charge of the world, in the last three days, Pac 12 players would get 50% of the revenue, uh, and Gary Patterson would be fired. Like, right. just without any research or, and that's the culture of people today is like, 
Oh, just give it to them. Just give it to them. Give, give them 50%. They deserve it. And, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, like, that's why I get depressed because it's like, okay, there's no solution here. It's like whatever you do is wrong. If we play a college football season, it's going to be wrong because we risked athletes. Someone's going to get sick or injured, and they're going to say, well, he would have never got injured if we didn't play college football. Right. And then if we don't play college football, then the sport itself is going to change the budgets. Uh, people are going to lose their jobs. Um, the economic downfall in regards to that for the sport we love is going to be something I don't know if they can bounce back from. Right. And, and it may be the end of college football as we know it. Um, you know, so which is the right choice? There's no winning because you're always going to lose when it comes to public opinion. So here's ready for some depressing information that I'm going to give you. Oh, my God. I thought that's what we were doing for the first half hour of this. No, this is even worse. Okay. Ready? The world has changed forever. It changed in March. It's never going to be the same. There are good parts of that and bad parts of that. Yes. But we are never going to get back to normal. Ever. So we're going to be wearing masks for the next five, ten years. Well, that's say, you know, oh, we won't be wearing masks in the fall. No, no, we're going to be wearing masks for the next five to ten years of our lives. And, you know, we're going to be going through these these uh, issues where people are going to be accused of doing things. And whether it's true or not, they're going to be convicted in the court of public opinion immediately. Yeah. And that's just not going to change as well. So, you know, I'm not a depressive person when it comes to college football. I mean, I'm out there saying, listen, Dan Wolken, isn't he the one who said that the, the fat offensive linemen are going to be subject because they're, yes. was he the, was he the one? I mean, yes. like the first day this happened, he's out there saying the fat offensive linemen can't play because they're going to be a risk because they're fat. You know, I'm like, who even thinks of that, like, when we're talking about a national pandemic? And he's just on and on negative about everything. That's his niche, though. He's found his niche. That's, that's what yeah, he's well, chosen good. to be You know niche. what? The, and this is the, – the, the best thing would be for, for his little niche would be for his little employer to go out of business. So he would, and he'll be stuck with the, you know – the woken community, as I call it, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to get his unemployment check for five months, like people I know who still haven't gotten their first freaking unemployment check, you know, because that's what he wants. He wants the world to suck and everything sucks and everybody sucks and everybody handles things wrong. And, you know, we should never leave the house again. Good. Go. You know, but then it's going to affect other people, too, because yeah. everybody's going to go down the tubes. And I don't want everybody to go down the tubes. I just want him to. I don't want to. I don't want this to splinter into an argument about social media and truth and relevance and facts. And but when you go on social media as a member of, of the media and say that there is a failure of testing in the United States, when the United States has had 50 million tests done, the next country, India, with four times the population has had 12 million done. There's just, there's no basis in reality there. It's just not true. 
So <laughs> if if you want to say that college football shouldn't be played because of health reasons, that's fine. But if you're going on there and basically you're, the, the meaning of your entire existence is to point out every problem in the world without equally pointing out everything that's good going on in the world, um, you know, people will believe you. I mean, I mean there, are, there are a lot of people out there that just want to read negative news, and that's why they love going on Facebook and Twitter and, and reading. Yeah, I, I thought I was a miserable person. I really did. You know, and you've known me for a long time. I am a pretty I miserable that person. I too, but geez. I am not even close no. to the misery level of people. Uh, it's just unbelievable how miserable the world is and how awful they feel they're treated and how and, and everyone they are. Everyone wants to be a mile wide but an inch deep. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be, like you said, I support the Pac-12 players, give them 50%. Well, let's not think about all the ramifications that that will bring and cause to everything else. Let's just do it. Let's just Let's just do it. And I think we've seen that over the last few months on many things and so i think it's just problematic that maybe we just spend too much time on social media like you know i'm looking out now people are golfing and people are walking around and going to the beach and going you know outdoor to outdoor restaurants as much as they can to support small businesses in their communities and all of the things that we should be doing and then i turn on the news at night and it's beaches are packed people are dying and it's yeah. not exactly the truth. No. So I know. Have you ever seen true. Superstore? That's one of my new favorite uh, shows. No. So there was this troll online, <laughs> and and he wrote a bad review of the store. And the manager, who is like a really nice, naive guy, invited him back to the store and and treated him perfectly and kindly and all this other stuff and wanted to make his experience there great. And, and the guy said, wow, I really appreciate this. You guys are amazing. I really feel bad about writing that. And then he went back and wrote another one <laughs> saying, you know, what a, what a, what a jerk the, the manager was and how he was trying to, you know, sway his opinion with this, that, and the other. And what a, so then one of the employees finds the guy, goes to the house, and the guy lives with his mother who's like 80 on a breathing machine or something. And she's just a misery screaming at him all the time. And, and he's just a loser who doesn't have a job. And he's, you know, he's eating mashed potato sandwiches and living in this dark, dank apartment with newspapers yeah. piled up to his head. And then so she, she looks at his situation and she actually empathizes with him and says, wow, this is really difficult, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know what? It's so good to hear you understand because nobody <laughs> hears me. And I guess I just take out my anger on, on online because I, yeah. that's where I feel powerful. So she thinks she solved the problem. And he writes an even worse review worse. saying that they stalked him to the house <laughs> and all this other stuff. And that's, that's everybody on social media up here. That is like, they're yeah. just all angry people. And... I just, I, 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 I have to be on it because it's my job and I would be on it even if it wasn't my job because I'm a loser, but my goodness, yeah, like we <laughs> got to start thinking of something better than this. Before we get off, we have to uh, discuss 90 day fiance because we haven't, <laughs> we haven't done the podcast in a while and a lot has happened. Oh the my God, has a lot happened. The first thing I'll say is family that is visiting the guy in Moldova are they're so rude. <laughs> I mean, 
They, they want to so know. Obnoxious. They want to know what Andre did for a living. He's a liar. It's not, none of their business. Libby married him. Okay. None yet. None yet. Why he moved from Moldova to Ireland to be a bouncer, <laughs> I'll never know. But that uh, that father goes over there wearing his U.S. flag hat the whole time, and the brother no doubt. fights. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that guy's awesome. And then he's like, you know, the only compliment he throws is at the mother. You see all the food she made in that small little kitchen? You know, like right, completely yeah. backhand Back compliment. Hand. Yeah. But the and best will is... Angela be able to tote the baby? No. She no. can't tote a baby. First of all, Angela is not whatever she says she is. She ain't 52. She can't be 54. And when you're, whatever. On, when you're, on, a, when you're on a video call with your gynecologist about cancerous cells you can't be smoking a cigarette at the same time it's just no. not what you should be doing you can't how about the fact that her cholesterol and blood work is all good you know what i looked at my wife the other, when last night when we were watching that and i said how is that possible by the Jeez. way your wife's your wife's annoying me quite a bit with her um i got Walk. out of her yeah i got out of her fitbit groups because that's not that's not walking dude that's no the, that's the baton death march that is like she's walking from your house to Oakland and back every freaking day. I mean, yeah, it's not even fun anymore. I get I no get ten thousand, and I feel good about myself, and then nope. that's it. But the, in that group, you, you can't feel good about yourself in that group. No, you feel I, bad I, about yourself. It, it oh discourages walking. Yeah, I, it's a five day thing, right? So I got like sixty thousand steps one week, which is twelve thousand a day, which is good for a fat loser like me, right? right? Yes. Yeah, the winner had 140,000 steps. Right. So she, they made me feel, and, and she was like, your, 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 your wife was second with like 133, and then some other crazy girl was like 128, and they all made me feel horrible about myself. Right. And, and I even stopped like wearing my Fitbit for a week, and I said, you know what? Forget them. I'm never going to be in that group again. Never going to accept an invitation. They could do their work week hustle. And then when they all have foot problems in three years and they're all bitching about it, I don't want to hear it. So that's my take on your wife. <laughs> that's it. But back to uh, 90 Day, the big thing is Paul and Carini. Oh, I man. When, when, you, like, when you can't afford dog food and you're asking your mom <laughs> to come buy a dog bone for you and you can't get a job because you have a <laughs> felony arrest for arson. Arson. <laughs> Are you hiring? <laughs> Are you hiring? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. They didn't hire you because you're criminal. No, you're a loser, first of all, Paul. But secondly, the second they hear you set buildings on fire for fun, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna hire you. But you heard that that Carini was like missing. This is like the real stuff that goes on in my Facebook groups. Oh, she was like she left Louisville. She's with another guy. She's missing. She's pregnant. It's not his. Oh, my God. This show and the things that occur off the air, it, it, people probably tuned out by now because they don't care. Yeah. It's magical. Yeah, it's They it's don't the understand. Yeah, it's great. And, and Larissa is either – Larissa looks like the poster child for the show Snap. You ever see the show Snap? <laughs> yes, she does. She, it should be her face when she doesn't do her makeup, and she's all, like, ratty on the front of Snapped. Because and she's I, either going to kill somebody or she's going to do harm to herself. And I feel bad for Carmen because Carmen just tried to give her a place to stay 
and now she's been arrested three times. The cops might be called a fourth time, and now Eric is, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, but, yeah, but, but there's it, nobody better than Colty. Colty is the best. Colty, okay, so he took off his shirt, and he was wearing a Speedo. <laughs> yeah. He's the fattest, ugliest. He makes me look like The Rock. He's the fattest, ugliest person. There's nothing going on upstairs or downstairs. But he thinks you know he's I mean? a playboy. That's the. But he thing. is. Yeah. All these girls he's sleeping with. I mean, come on. How who knew? Who knew? Living with your mother in Vegas was the key to to Brazilian women. I I tell you, but he is like, he is a stud. He's an absolute stud, and he's got the worst personality. Oh, he's, he's oh terrible. He's creepy as hell. And him and his mom have this really, really odd relationship. Yes. And too, close, too close for comfort. Yeah, it's funny that that show is followed by Smothered, which I will not watch. No. For even a second. Like, I, I fumble for the remote the second Smothered comes on because I refuse to watch. I, I watch 600-pound life where people are having to go to the bathroom in buckets. Yes. But I will not watch Smothered. Smothered. I used to her. So. Well, I think we're done here, boys. But this was horrible. This was really a bad podcast because it was all depressing. It's all about this, that, and the other. Like, can we do one next week and talk just about recruiting? Because there's been so much stuff that's been going on. Speaking about um, depressing, outside of my bedroom window, I'm looking at the apple fire right now on the mountain. So we have oh to my keep gosh. an eye on that. Uh, on, what is uh, with California? Everything well, it just... never rains yeah, that, that here. It's covering Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a picture and send it to you guys. It's it's pretty uh, scary. We were in Big Bear over the weekend, and we could see it. This is a twelve thousand foot mountain. It was on the other side of that mountain. That's how high the smoke is going. It's causing its own like weather system or something. Okay, so you you morons can figure out how to make your own smoothie by riding a stationary bike, but you can't figure out how to fix traffic or put out fires. Well, the problem is it's windy here, too. So you get things that haven't had, had any rain on them for eight months, and then And they wind. spread fast. I get it. Spread fast. But, they spread fast. Okay, that's been happening for 50 years. Where's the, any, any improvements on that? Um, no, none. No, no improvements mm. there. Yeah, but you can make a smoothie with a stationary bike. <laughs> and and you you freaking have google and and all the other amazing tech companies in your state but you can't figure out how to do anything like traffic nobody figured out traffic yet like maybe that's been going on for 50 Elon years Elon Musk too. is trying to figure it out I'll tell you that as you can tell I'm anti California yeah as a, as a state we don't want to brought we so much to this country i i countless it, things Connecticut is first of all Look at our senators. <laughs> Look at Blumenthal. Dick Blumenthal I mean, and Tim Murphy. <laughs> talk about two of the worst human beings ever. <laughs> but we have rich people in southern Connecticut that contribute a lot to this country. That's true. Um, you know, and Vincent know. K. McMahon lives there. Our, uh, we don't have traffic problems like you guys do. Um, we have lush greens and... Greens, huh? <laughs> Looking at my lawn, it's all <laughs> completely brown. It's all burned up. We haven't had rain here in like you know, I don't know, a week. Yeah. And my lawn is burnt. And I spent thousands of dollars on this company to come and you know treat my lawn. And it's just all it is is 
thatched, burnt dirt. So that's why I said lush greens. Because get I some, get some was, sprinklers, like, you know, the common man. I don't do anything for myself anymore when I moved here yeah. in 2006. I mowed my own lawn. I snow blowed the driveway. I did everything around the house myself. It is now 2020. If a light bulb needs to be changed, I am going on like Thumbtack, which is a app for handyman. And they're coming to the house and, and they're like, okay, what projects do you have? I go, is that a light bulb? It's out. And the guy looks at me like I'm the most pathetic human being on the face of the earth. Yeah, but all right, we got we got to wrap this up, boys. I don't do anything but myself. So yeah, this should be a big hit. I'm sure everybody will be really enthused by this podcast. So college football is in danger. The world as we know it is never going to be the same. And 90 Day Fiance is still the best show on TV. Yeah, and we'll be back next week for a recruiting. Yeah, let's podcast. do like real football recruiting stuff. Let's pretend there's going to be a season. Let's talk about recruiting. Let's okay. not mention one depressing word. Okay, sounds good.